You're listening to episode 15 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. We're about to dive deep into a conversation about neuroscience, the law of attraction, accountability, and even profit. Today's guest, Tiffany Tokars of Modern Muse Consulting, helped develop the psychology department at William Penn University, and she's been working with leaders and teams to create intentional results for over a decade. If you've never met an intentional growth strategist, you're about to. So tune in, turn it up, and let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business, and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith, and welcome back to another episode Today, I'm joined by intentional growth strategist, Tiffany Tokars. Her company, Modern Muse Consulting, offers consulting, coaching, group work, training, and workshops. Her belief is that researchers have only begun to understand the scope of human potential, and that those leaders who create company cultures to better leverage their human capital will position their companies to thrive in the new economy. Wow. Tiffany, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Lauren. So you are the founder of Modern Muse Consulting, which has been in operation for 10 years. So before we hit the ground running and talk about profit and productivity, can you give us your backstory and and really what got you to this point in life? Absolutely. So I started my career at Bank of America, and I climbed the corporate ladder there. And during that time, I had created a wellness program that ended up winning the third most innovative program of the year award. And the reason why we won that award is because we were able to link how when employees took really good care of themselves, they were able to then correlate an increase in sales as a result of that. So during that experience, I had the opportunity of strategizing with senior leaders across the country and we were looking at ways in which to roll that wellness program out to different marketplaces. And that positioned me to be able to climb the corporate ladder. I left the bank after moving from Des Moines to Kansas City, Missouri, as the vice president of our group banking sales department. So when I was in that role, I got really interested in paying attention to what made leaders different. And it wasn't necessarily the strategy that made them different, but the way in which they approached the strategy. So I, from there, pursued a coaching certificate through Coachio, and that's an ICF-accredited organization. And then I went on to get my master's degree in organizational development psychology. And so I've been now running my business since 2006. So a little bit over 10 years, not by much, though. And that's how I've gotten to where I'm at today. Wow. So I know you developed the psychology department at William Penn University. Can you tell us how we can use neuroscience research to apply the law of attraction? Absolutely. So um, through interest in law of attraction, I really wanted to be able to better understand how to leverage the research that I had done um, in order to create the curriculum for the psychology department at William Penn. And what I through the years have been able to pinpoint is a very quick condensed step-by-step process in order to reposition the way in which your thoughts then 
are impacting the energetic vibration in which your body then sends messages out into the universe in order to attract back to what it is that you're seeking. Or in some cases, if you're focused in the wrong direction, attracting exactly what you do not want. So what we want to work with clients on is to help them reprogram that brain so that brain-body connection aligns with what they want versus what they don't want. And so what you can do, very simple process, you just simply jot down all of your limiting beliefs, any doubts, any fears that you have, and you put them on paper. So you literally just brain dump. Anything that comes to mind, just list them all out. And then from there, you want to create positive affirmations to offset those limiting beliefs. Um, So it's not going to be anything that you would say in a negative form to yourself to offset it into a positive form. So like, for example, if you say, I feel stupid, that's a limiting belief or doubt or fear that you've listed. You don't want to say, I don't feel stupid. Instead, Mm -hmm. you want to say, I feel smart. So um, the brain has a hard time differentiating between positive and negative. And so you really want to remove any knots, any I don't feel this, that, or the other from your list of positive affirmations. Instead, think of what it is to offset that limiting belief, doubt, or fear in a positive way. Once you have those all listed out in affirmation style, then you can record yourself as simple as just hitting video on your phone and then every day listen to that recording for 90 days. After doing that for 90 days, you reprogram the brain. You um, are able to then condition neural pathways to start to surface to cause you to start thinking in alignment with what you want. So that's the first step of the power quarter hour to start the process of getting you positioned to start to attract more of what you want. And I can expand on this if you're interested. I don't have to. I um, can stop there if you'd like to No, go the for next it. I, it's really I'm up to you. Okay. I'm for okay. It. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep going then because this is my favorite thing to talk about because it's having such a radical impact on my client's lives. I can't reiterate how valuable this really truly is for people. So once you get that done, that's going to take maybe, let's say um, you record yourself stating these positive affirmations and it takes two or three to five minutes. That you listen to every day. Then you move into creating imagery. So you create a visual representation of what your lifestyle is going to look like. Um, We are conditioned by what we see. And so our brain recreates what it is that it sees over and over and over again. And yet you can stop that cycle by creating images that you want to create in your mind's eye and literally feel the way it's going to feel experiencing those images Mm -hmm. because that is what creates the neurochemical shift within your body to line up with what it is that you're going to feel because everything that you feel is nothing more than a chemical cocktail. So we as humans in the United States of America are very blessed because we are able to know that we have control over emotions. But I have heard, I've never done research on this, so I can't validate it, but I have heard only 1% of the population in the globe knows they have control over how they feel. And the beautiful thing about this is if you're able to see images and create that chemical cocktail, you will feel what you need to feel in order to continue to stay laser focused on the details of what need to be done that day. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more in 
our conversation later on about time studies and being able to block time, et cetera. But if you start your day off with utilizing positive affirmations and then create these visual representations of what you want to experience and feel what it is that you want to feel, you start to release those chemicals, which makes it a lot easier for you to focus on just what needs to be done today and trusting the rest is coming. So when you're talking about the visual representation, is this like a visual, like a vision board, something that you physically see every day, or is this more of a mental, I close my eyes and I see it? It's more of a mental, I close my eyes and see it. Okay. Okay. I wanted to get clear. That That was really awesome. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that is so cool. So with 2018 coming to a close, I feel like this is almost the perfect time for this episode because we're already planning for and thinking about 2019. So when it comes to accountability, is there an easier way that I can hold myself accountable for what I want or need to do? Great question. Thank you for asking. So when you can visually see what your lifestyle is going to be. And that includes also what it's going to take to build your business or to create the steps that are necessary for you to stay in alignment with your goals within your career. It helps that brain chemistry connect with what you need to do in order to move forward in alignment with what it is that you want to accomplish. So what a lot of professionals get hung up on is that they're focused on outcomes. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. I want you to know what you want to achieve. That's very, very important. But even taking it a step further is to break down behaviorally what it is that you can do, what you have control over to increase the likelihood of what you want to achieve. Oh, wow. Because your only responsibility in life, this is the only responsibility any of us have, is to increase the likelihood. Because in the world in which we live, there is tons of uncertainty. And there's no way to know for sure by doing X, you're going to be able to create Y outcomes. And yet over time, when you're consistent with doing X, you're able to predict that why is coming. It might not come exactly the way you had envisioned, but it's coming, period. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. And so once you start to really get good about putting a magnifying glass over your business, really dissecting your clientele base, how did your clients or customers find out about you? Um, What is it that's working, what's not working? Just taking some time to reflect to get better about how you're investing your time and really truly thinking about your time like you think about your money. Um, So you're choosing to invest a portion of your time with long-term vision of your positioning of your brand, et cetera. But the majority of the time is invested in keeping that foundation that you've already figured out works for you and your business and your team's effort to keep everything foundationally moving forward while you're still investing in some of those long-term ideas that you have about transitioning your brand to be even more profitable, even more um, positioned for greater levels of growth in the future. That is awesome. That's great insight. So what about those who have employees? We have a lot of listeners who are bosses or leaders. How can we help them follow through on what they need to do, our employees? Oh, the age-old question, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, this one 
is not as easy um, because I don't know about you, Lauren, but there are days where it's challenging enough for me just to um, <laughs> stay focused on what I can control, let alone Absolutely. trying to help other people do the same thing. So um, yet we can, as leaders, um, help people along. And one of the things I want to start with, though, is to look in the mirror and really assess how good you're doing at following through. Mm. Um, So you really want to start there um, because it's really easy um, for me and for you, my guest would be, and and many of your listeners to just simply point the finger at the employee and say, I've said to do this, or I've asked you to do this and you're not doing this. And it's so frustrating, you know, and I get that because I have contractors who work for me and, it can be very challenging and I'm um, not going to try to paint the picture that this is a step-by-step process that you follow and it's going to work the same exact way with each and every employee. With that being said, there are steps that you can take that are going to help you again, increase the likelihood of having an employee follow through. Mm. The first step is to know that it's going to take up to six times of hearing what it is that you're saying to get some employees to wrap their mind around what it is that you're asking of them. Wow. Six times. I know. (laughs) If you think about it from a marketing perspective, you know how they say in marketing that you need to, um, in order for others to get up to speed with your brand, be in front of them at least six times times. I've heard now because of the amount of information that we're getting, it's up to nine times before someone's going to remember your brand. Wow. Um, So if you think of it like that, and then think about all the things that employees are thinking about, they are not thinking about your business as much as you're thinking about your business. Very true. They are coming to work. They want to do their job and go home. That's why they're employees. That's why they're not the boss. And so we first have to slow down as leaders to speed up and have ways in which to gauge progress. So what I invite your listeners to think through is habitually what needs to shift for the behavior to be embraced. Mm. So if you're asking an employee to do something new that they've never done before, You want to think through foundationally, what do they need to start to consider or contemplate in order to get in a position to be able to embrace the change? So in the field of psychology, they have a a stage-by-stage way in which to help people through change. And the first stage is Mm pre-contemplation. So when you as an owner or a leader go to an employee and you're asking them to change, we don't even know if they're in the pre-contemplative mode yet, right? We're asking them to change. They might be digging their heels in the sand and saying, I don't want to change. So they're not even pre-contemplating what it is. So that's where that six to nine times, they're going to ultimately start to move into that stage. If they don't get into that stage by six to nine times, I promise you, you're going to ultimately be coaching them out. If you're staying true to your brand and not letting the dictate to you what it is that's going to be acceptable. 
So that pre-contemplative stage then moves into contemplation, which then moves into action, which then moves into maintenance. And so if you can move people through those stages of change and hold them accountable to report back their progress, even if in the beginning they're not doing it exactly right, the goal is progress, not perfection. And, and finding a way to hold them accountable to make progress is absolutely our responsibility as business owners or leaders, not the responsibility of the employee. And a lot of times I hear, well, I don't have time to micromanage. And I understand that. With that being said, you have to have clarity on what you do expect. And you have to carve time out proactively to follow through to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. So that's more on the a management piece of what your expectations are. If you want an employee to want to follow your lead, then you can incorporate some of the neuroscience research that I have already shared with you around helping them overcome limitations, blocks that they have internally um, through exploration of, you know, what are your limiting beliefs, doubts, and fears? Have them do their own inner work. I wouldn't encourage a leader or an owner of a business to ask what they came up with unless the employee is comfortable enough with sharing, but just explain to the employee, you know, the neuroscience research that supports this and and help them then start to get control over their thoughts and then ask them, you know, what is it that they're working towards? What, what do they envision for their future reality? How can they start setting up their day on a daily basis in alignment with helping them move forward um, with what their long-term visions are and what their personal goals are for moving forward in life. Wow. That's that's really great tips that you gave there. We we touched on time management a little bit um, and time studies. Can you break down what a time study is and why we should complete it? Absolutely. So there are two ways in which you can complete a time study, and I would encourage professionals to do both. The first way is to just look at your life in different buckets. So um, think about your financial well-being. Think about your emotional well-being. Think about your physical well-being. Think about what you need socially, um, what you need from your significant other or spouse what you need from your career. So what is it that you're looking for professionally? And then you can incorporate what you need spiritually or what it is that you need um, for yourself, whatever that wild card is for the um, last category. You can embrace that. As you move forward, think through how to structure an ideal work week so you can get out of your week what you need in all those different areas to fill your absolute best. Mm. So if you're leveraging the neuroscience research and you're leveraging the chemical cocktail that surfaces as a result of seeing images that you've created in your mind's eye and you have excess amounts of energy, you can't help but want to be your best. And when you want to be your best, you are your best. And as you are your best, you're going to be able to execute flawlessly. And that's the goal. So that's a time study in itself, like just thinking through, like I need to block out, for example, maybe two hours, three hours on Sunday to get all my clothes ready for the work week. So I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear in the morning because I'm not a morning person. I'm just throwing out ideas or uh, maybe I'm going to meal prep for my meals for my family on Sunday. So I don't have to worry about 
coming home after work and getting meals ready, whatever it might be um, that, you know, as a result of just observation and really trying to figure out how to carve that time out. And that way you can get in a position to where you are just doing these things on a regular basis. So on Tuesday nights, this is what I do on Wednesdays. So whatever it is that you need to structurally set up your work week to create an ideal work week to have excess energy is the reason why you want to do that type of time study. Do you think that it's best if if you write down your plan or is is that? Okay. Yeah. In the late seventies, Yale university actually did a study between those that um, graduated that wrote their plans down versus those that didn't. And what they uncovered was that the group that wrote their plans down ended up making like 90% of the overall amount of money that the entire class that graduated that year made throughout their um, career as they, I know, as they (sighs) monitored their progress in their career. So it really makes a huge difference writing down your goals. And then they've also done some research around pen to paper versus typing out your goals. And of course, Bic um, has vested interest in us using pens into yes. the future. Um, so they they did actually pay for that research to be done. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but they have uncovered that the way in which our brain processes the impulses through our body, it makes it more real within our physical body as we're writing versus just typing. So anyway, that's um, why I would encourage you, if you can, put a pen to paper versus even typing it out. And sometimes I think it's also just good to unplug and and really focus. Yes. Yeah, it dis- all the distractions and the noise are awake. I know sometimes I'll yeah. even just to brainstorm, I'll pull up my computer and then I'm on Facebook and then I'm checking my email, yep. you know, so it's just like too much. And I end up, I'm like, oh, I wasn't even brainstorming. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's be real that profitability is a result of growth and profitability, of course, in the, every business is going to like all the lights go off. So what can we do to predict our profitability? So what you can do on top of the other type of time study that I just shared, you can incorporate another type of time study into your business. So let's say that you want to create a 40 hour work week, or maybe you want to create a 30 hour work week, or maybe you like working 60. I mean, whatever it might be that you decide that you're going to focus on doing each week, you start to break out the different buckets in business the same way you just um, were able to do in your personal life. So you want to look at marketing, you know, um, breaking out some time for marketing efforts. Then you want to break out some time for focusing on sales. You want to break out some time for networking and prospecting. You want to break out some time for leadership. You want to break out some time for working with your finances, you want to break out some time to be able to look at recruitment efforts for your growing business. So you're looking at how you're investing your time and being able to then from their position, what you have done thus far that has helped you grow your business in alignment with the growth goals that you set forth to achieve. So once you start to look into the behavioral 
aspect of what you can control in each of those different areas, you start to set behavioral goals. Then from there, you create a report and hold yourself accountable to follow through on what behavioral goals you know you need to be doing in order to stay in alignment with the goals that you have set forth. This is a little different for every business. And this is where I feel like the rubber meets the road and where I'm able to come in and as a result of meeting with people one-on-one, really help them put a magnifying glass over their business model and be able to look um, from an outsider viewpoint looking in as to what needs to be done a little different. Um, And then on top of that, when you're looking at if you have employees, again, behavioral goals for them as well, that you're now asking them to submit a report back to you so you know what progress they're making on the behavioral goals and do some spot checking along the way to make sure that they're not just saying that they're doing it on the report, but they're actually doing what they're saying they're doing. Then that's that, you know, carving that time out on a weekly basis to follow up, make sure that everything's moving forward and that everyone's being held accountable in alignment with what they need to be doing to position for the type of growth that you want to experience. When you get really good at this, that's when the predictability of your bottom line increasing surfaces. But it does take some time to dissect the um, data. Right now, I would say within my business model, while working with clients, it can take from six months to a year for me to really dive in and be able to pinpoint exactly what they need to focus on. But then once we have that dialed in, I really, I can predict exactly what it is they're going to get as an increase as long as they keep doing X, Y, and Zs, whatever that is for their business. Right. And I'm sure it's very helpful to a lot of businesses to have that outside person come in, like when you go in, because there's a lot I know as a business owner that I'm not even seeing the full scope of it where I don't realize it's a problem because I'm just so busy working in my business. So having an outsider look or just give you feedback sometimes more valuable than I can even express. Well, this is well, just thank such, you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just all such great information, Tiffany. I already feel so much better equipped with information to implement now as well as in the new year. So can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you as well as Modern Muse Consulting? Absolutely. So your listeners can go to my website and the address is modernmuseconsulting.com. So um, it's just like it sounds modern and then muse m-u-s-e consulting.com and there is an about tab that they can click i also post um about all my clients on a weekly basis we've been doing a blog post campaign focused on my clients over the last i think five months now so every week i feature another client um and so you can go out onto social media and look at who I'm working with and what they're up to. Um, if you go to modernmuseconsulting.com backslash blog, um, there's all kinds of other articles that you can look at. Um, there's a newsletter that I send out weekly to help people increase productivity and profitability. Um, the only goal from that newsletter is just to help professionals be able to get in, read something quick and concise to help get them excited about wanting to increase productivity and profitability. And um, if it leads people to hire me, great, but that's not the intention behind it. My end goal with that really is to have 10,000 
professionals that are on my distribution list that I'm able to leave a legacy of helping people um, with the knowledge that I have pursued through the years. So that's really what my goal is. Because my company has gotten a little bit bigger than what I ever envisioned it would, I now am looking at, you know, how can I create a legacy as a result of all of what I've done? And um, so that's where we're at within our business model. Um, We do have an online portal. So if, for example, there are any of your listeners that would want to go through a step-by-step process to create intentional growth, um, there is a way for them to hire Modern Muse Consulting and never talk to any consultants. They can go through this um, process on their own. And so they just um, would get a username and a password. They go into the online portal. There's videos and worksheets that they can leverage to get them up and running in the right direction. That is awesome. That's a really cool setup that you have. And of course, they can also hire your company if if their business does need that outside look to come in and, and you can help them out there too, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So then we have a um, a team of professionals that we would assess what your needs are as a business owner or a sales professional who is wanting to grow um, and decide then from there who would be best suited on our team. So we try to create connections that are not just from a perspective of expertise, but also personality style. Um, because we know that if you connect with someone, you're going to get a lot better results. So it's not always the expertise as much as it is that connection with that other person. Um, So we try to create that type of connection with professionals who are interested in hiring us as well. That sounds like a a great setup. Well, thank you again, Tiffany, for joining us today. Your information has been invaluable, and I'm so happy that you're able to come on and and just talk to us about profit and productivity and accountability and all things that we can make ourselves and our businesses better. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. It's been so nice being on your show. So thank you again for um, giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. Head over to mindbizlife.com for this week's episode notes. You'll find direct links to Tiffany's website and social channels there as well. Do you have a topic idea that you want me to cover? Email me at hello at laurensmith.com with your topic idea and I'll find an expert to cover it. I have a lot of great episodes lined up and I'm so happy that you are on this journey with me. Share this podcast with a friend, follow me on Instagram at mindbizlife, or even rate and review on iTunes. These are all small ways to make a big impact on the show. I really value your support and love that this podcast audience has expanded to over 33 states and 13 countries. My mind gets blown weekly. Thanks again for joining me. I'll see you back here next week. And until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.